Back to left corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Aguila. Three bounce. Another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. All right, happy Friday, happy first Friday, and welcome to a little Friday edition. This hour of Flames Talk is underway. Friday, July 7th, Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. So I've been at development camp the last few days. You were there on on Wednesday, uh, Thursday rather. Days are all blending together again. Um, Are you calling me out right off the hop for not being there today? I didn't want to lie and say you were there today. You'll be there. there. You know, it's Pat here and I've been there the last couple days and I noticed Wes hanging around there. How many days ago? Was that yesterday now? (laughs) What you'll a be, beating. You'll be there you'll be there Saturday. Doubtful I will be. Well, if, if the if first Friday goes the way that it might, I don't think I'll be there for the scrimmage on Saturday know, morning. Okay. Is all if, so if we're keeping score two two. That'll be two two. Exactly. Okay. That's why I didn't well, think it was a chirp. I I don't take it back. Nor should you. Uh it got me thinking. Being a development camp got me thinking. I and I I would imagine you've kind of picked up on the similar vibes of this is not a shot at, at Daryl Sutter or Brad Treliving in any way, shape, or form, but you make sweeping changes in an organization like the Flames have done, and I think it's only natural that you get a little bit of a fresher, more upbeat vibe. And I certainly have picked up on that over the last couple of months being around this Flames team, and I think part of that is because of the excitement that goes along with a guy as... as well-respected and well-liked in this city and in the organization as Craig Conroy. And then you hire Ryan Huska, and and very similar in that respect, very upbeat attitude. You bring in Jerome Aginla, and that just puts more smiles on faces. So it it just, it feels like that, right? Did anyone sign more autographs on the first day of development camp than Jerome Aginla? That's, uh, that's, I, I saw him crossing the street okay from their team hotel in nashville to the nhl awards they were all going to go over there celebrate with michael they had a pretty good idea he was going to win and so guy couldn't walk two feet yeah this is nashville tennessee this is not calgary this is not kamloops this is not Kelowna. this isn't toronto like this is jerome mcginla in nashville guy could not walk two feet without somebody trying to get a picture with him. And they were in a hurry, so Jerome had to be like, you know how Jerome is? Like, <laughs> yeah, I got an eye. Like, he's such a nice guy. He's right. always that massive smile. Yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's been signing a few autographs. I, I saw him walk through one of the hallways at Winsport yesterday, and not to get us off topic, but he, he's wearing the sort of red flames, you know, flames team issue jacket golf shirt, golf shirt? no okay. it was the a jacket? Like, pullover jacket with the logo on it and i thought to myself and i thought this when they hired him we did I, we didn't chat around then but i i thought to myself yesterday like that logo just this is where he should be it, it is so good to see jerome mcginla with that crest on again it just looks right it does and it it was um it was a long time coming yeah so this this vibe, and then you throw on top of that the 
whole idea that Craig Conroy, one of the first things he says in his introductory news conference is, we want to get younger and we want to get more people. Um, we want to get more people, uh, younger people into the lineup, right? And so being at development camp, I started thinking to myself, well, how many younger players, how many new players, how many prospects could actually have an opportunity of cracking this roster this season, whether it be to start the season or whether it be as the 82-game schedule plays itself out? How many of these players have an opportunity to be on the roster this season? How many have an opportunity to make their NHL debut or get NHL games? And I thought, well, why don't we get into it? Because development camp ends this weekend, and this is a good day to get into some of the guys who might have an opportunity. I thought I'll just we'll 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 bounce some names back and forth. We'll yeah. throw out some different names and, and just give some thoughts. Text line can jump in at 960-960 if you're listening live. And I thought let's let's start with the two most recent first round picks who are both at this development camp right now. We talked a little bit on Thursday's show about Matt Coronado, but not a ton of time. But both you and I were on the same page that if we were to have to you know, make a decision, you know, one, one or the other, yes or no gut feeling right now is Matt Coronado on the NHL roster to start next season. Both of us said yes. How come you said yes? Well, they need offense. And I think everything I've seen out of Matt Coronado to date, and, and that's not a ton, but everything I've seen out of him to date suggests that he's going to come in and not give them a whole lot of choice. He's a guy who I think has, you know, even when he walked by me yesterday in the hallway at Winsport, he's not been uh, he's not been sloughing on no. his off season training. I mean, Dude, he, he is absolutely built like a fire hydrant yeah. right now. He not the tallest dude, but stocky in in the most athletic way that you can be stocky, and and so not just the the muscle he's added, but the way he plays the game. You know, obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of adrenaline going in your first NHL game, but he had four shots on net that night and missed a couple just wide. He, he must've tried to put six or seven on net. And, and that's something that this team has been missing more often than not is guys who are willing to just fling it. He plays right wing. The right wing depth chart is as thin as any position here in Calgary, the, the thinnest of any position by far. And so I think I, I think if you sat down with all the brass right now, they would tell you that they'd like to see Matt Coronado play some time in the minors. I just when I look at everything I've seen from him, when I, I look at, you know, the work he's put in, when I look at the type of player he is and what type of needs the Flames have, mm-hmm. I I've made this list and I have guys who I think are pretty close to locks and then guys that I, I listed as better than 50, 50, like strong maybes. And that's where I have Coronado. I don't, I don't think he's a shoe in, but for those reasons, I, I really think he's going to put himself on the radar. I, I think he's got a really good chance as well, because you think about, first of all, Conroy's a big fan. Conroy was the biggest reason why he made the world championship team because Craig was pushing hard for him. And Conroy is, uh, uh, was, was a big fan of his. I remember talking to Craig leading up to the 2021 draft. He was a big fan of Coronado's leading up to that draft. So the GM is already a big fan of this guy. They just happened to be New York State guys, and there's probably a little bit of a connection there too. Um, but the, the GM's a big fan, and the GM wants to get young. 
And the GM just traded their best right shot, right wing scoring threat in Tyler Toffoli. There is a Maybe their only right shot, right wing scoring threat. Unless they were to move Lindholm back to the right, which there would be no reason to do. So, at least in my opinion. And that leaves a massive hole to be filled right now. Sharon Govich, left shot. Good player. I'm really intrigued by him. I think it's going to be a really interesting case study to watch him in year one with the Flames. But there is a glaring need for something that Matt Coronado could fill. Now, that's a lot of pressure to put on him, and and I understand that. But that opportunity is going to be there. They need a top six right shot, right wing scoring threat. And if Coronado can show that he can scratch the surface of being that in training camp, I think they'll give him every opportunity to stay on the team. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I kind of cringed as you were. Right? It does. It, it, it's a lot of pressure. It, to put it on is a, a lot of pressure. And it would almost it would almost make you more hesitant to do it. You don't want him to have to be your, your first line right winger. Obviously, you have a lot of left-handed shots with some versatility. I know that's a big part of the appeal of Yegor Sharangovich is they think he can slot on either wing. I know that's been a big part of Dylan Dubé's impact at the NHL level is his versatility, Andrew Mangiapane. I'm not sure if anyone's ever thought to try Jonathan Huberto on right wing, but, but uh, you know what? Maybe not that one. Too soon. Maybe not that one. But that is too. it soon. is a lot to put on Matt Coronado that suddenly you're the top of the depth chart at right wing, and yet could you put a guy in the minors... If he is looking like your most likely right shot scoring threat, I don't think you can. And so he's going to definitely get some runway at training camp. And, and the way the way he fires the puck, the the nose for the net he has, I, I could see him making the team out of camp. Now, yep. he's not a guy who's played 40-plus games, I don't think, other than maybe in junior in his career, like the the season's going to be long. And I, I could potentially... So this year he would have played, just off the top of my head, this year he would have if you throw in the World If you throw in Worlds, but that wouldn't even get him to 50. No, it would get him to just under 45. Yeah, right? so we could be talking about a guy who starts in Calgary and maybe is up and down once or twice, but I, I do. he I do think he's going to get the runway in, and I'm fascinated to see what he does with it because that, that road... Today, and a lot could change from July 7th on, but that road today does yeah. not have a lot of hurdles on it. Yeah, I, I uh, he's waiver exempt, and I think, to your point, they will give him every opportunity come training camp to show what he's all about. So then let it's me got to be top nine, though. I agree. Absolutely. There'd be, there'd be no reason to... Yeah. Okay, what about Hanzek? And I know that he has been part of the organization for two weeks, less than two weeks. He's yeah. Been just over a week. But... This is, and I don't, I don't mean it doesn't necessarily have to be for next year either. But in the near future, the nearer future than we're maybe used to with recent Flames first round picks, because there hasn't been a guy since 2016 uh, who now plays in Florida who made the team immediately when Matthew Kachuk made the team out of camp that year. I both I think of the last two are in Florida. That's a good point. Sam also well. Did Sam make the team out of camp? He hurt his shoulder. He yeah. probably would have. Yeah. But good point. Anyway, I, I digress. I just, I was watching Hanzek yeah. the last two days. Dude's shot is ridiculous. It gets, Impressive, it isn't gets it? It off of his stick in a hurry. And so I just, is there a potential that they give, if, if he has a nice camp, that Craig Conroy and co. would give him the nine-game look? That's the only, they have not done the true nine-game look 
since Sean Monahan was a rookie in 2013. He got the full nine and then stayed and, and never went back to junior. It, I guess Matthew would have been a, the, a sim, similar situation, but it seemed pretty cut and dried. He was not going back to junior right. at any point. So it feels like the last time there was actually a will he, won't he go back to junior, it was Sean Monaghan. I just wonder yeah. if, if they think about that with Hanzek. Uh, it's a no for me, and and maybe he can change their mind. And, and I say this for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think everyone who listens regularly to this station knows how excited the Flames are about Sam Honzek in what is considered maybe the deepest draft in close to a couple decades. And that, that's why I ask it just yeah, because of that. They had him in single digits. That That's where he was on their draft board. He, he would not have slipped really halfway to where the Flames were picking if if it was just going by their list. Right. And so they they really loved the player. I, I think it's the opposite of the circumstance we just talked with in terms of Matt Coronado, because Hanzek is a left winger and that's where you're stacked up, right? You've got, you have Huberto, you have Manjapani, you have whoever you want to slot on that wing, whether Blake Coleman's playing the left, Dylan Dubé's playing the left. You've got a lot of guys on the left side that would, that would be slotted into top nine roles. And I also, I, I can't have a three-minute conversation about Sam Honzek without someone from the organization bringing up how excited they are that he's going to be the captain in Vancouver. Yes. And, and I do think that they look at that as a really crucial step in his development. I, I think they want him to have that opportunity. I think he had, you know, I wrote something about it. You can find it on the post-media sites. He had that gruesome injury at the World Junior, mm-hmm. so he missed a month and a half of his only WHL season so far. I just don't think no matter how excited they are about him, one and done from the WHL to the NHL, I don't think they're willing to go there. What do I you don't, think? I don't yeah? either. I was just, and, and I'm the last time there was a draft that was thought to be this good was the 03 draft. And I'm just looking, you know, the 20th overall pick that year was playing the next year and Brent Burns, um, Eric Stahl and Nathan Horton were the two, three guys that year. They were playing the next year. The 16th overall pick was Steve Bernier. He was one of the, He's one of the ones one of the misses like, and he was still a pretty good player. He was pretty decent. Yeah. And, you know, there, there were definitely guys who started playing pretty close to right away. It took about another year for Mike Richards to get in and Jeff Carter to get in. Ryan Getzlaff had to spend a year in the minors. I don't think it will either. I just wanted to throw it out there yeah. for, for part of the conversation. Any, okay. Dustin Wolf. We think we'll get NHL games in some form or another next year. He'll be worked in somehow. Sure. Are we considering Jacob Pelche to be basically a shoe-in for a spot on the roster? I am, yes. Yeah, okay, me too. We don't need to spend too much time on that one. Walker Dewar? Yeah, one-way deal. See you in Calgary. Connor Zeri. This one's fascinating for me. And I, I want to, you know, I want to talk about two guys together, actually, if you don't mind. Two guys that I had on my sort of long shot list, and that's, Connor Zary and Cole Schwint. Yep. And, and I grouped those guys together because I'm really curious how the playoffs and the way the season ended sits with both of them and motivates each of them. So Connor Zary last season goes out uh, 21 goals, 58 points, second, <clears throat> excuse me, second on the Wranglers and scoring behind only Matthew Phillips. At the end of the playoffs, he's centering the Calgary Wranglers fourth line. That must win game at Coachella, center on the fourth line. 
Cole Schwint does not have nearly as impressive first season with the Wranglers. He he goes 14 goals, 32 points in the regular season. He's a healthy scratch for the first night of the Calder Cup playoffs. That must-win game at the end of the playoffs, he's centering the second line and working on the top power play. And so I'm really curious to see how Connor Zeri takes this sour ending. And I'm really curious for a guy who has a ton of talent, but you still, as you do often with young players, you still hear about a lot of inconsistency in his game. I'm wondering how much he learns from the fact that, hey, when we needed to win this game, I was basically one of the grinders. And on the flip side, Cole Schwint, who for a variety of reasons, I don't think found the transition from the Panthers organization to the Flames organization as smooth as he was hoping. I'm really curious to see what that positive ending to the season does for him. And and quite frankly, I think it could be a coin flip between those two guys in terms of which one I anticipate seeing in the Flames lineup sooner. Mm -hmm. Cole Schwint actually has, I believe, three NHL games in Florida, but He's a guy I think that can be more, I don't want to say more useful on the wing, just because Connor Zary's never really had to play wing other than World Juniors. Cole Schwinn's had a little bit more experience at both as a pro. And so those are two guys that I'm really curious about whose road might lead them to the Flames first. I still think Zeri specifically needs to work on the pace of his game. And I think another year, another full year or close to a full year in the American League could help. Maybe a recall at some point in the year. But I still think the pace in Zeri's game yeah. is an area that he needs to work on. Uh, I'm not, I'm, uh, Schwinn's a mystery to me. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not exactly sure what they have in that just as of yet. Yeah, they but. both, they can both lack the the sort of battle level that you expect sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the consistency. But those are two two guys that I have on my really curious about list. Okay, let me just throw, because and, and self-serving, yes, because we're just about to hear from him, but also not completely self-serving. I just, the maybe the most, not the most, but a very interesting name to me that would be a little bit more off the radar is Lucas Siona. And mm-hmm. I just I just say that because of how much his profile has grown over the last number of years in Seattle. He's entering his overage season in juniors, so the the hope is and and we're about to hear from him. He is very very dialed in on being nowhere but Calgary next year, likely with the Wranglers, but that's so he wants to he wants to be playing pro next year as a 20-year-old. And I just maybe it's not this season. But maybe it is this season. I just, I really wonder about the way that his game translates to pro and the things that he does well. I just wonder if they could translate to a lower down the depth chart role in the not so distant future in the NHL. Dude is built like a, built like a man already. Like he, he is, he carries himself like a guy. He carries himself far more mature than I carried myself when I was at the age of 20. Um, <laughs> like he just, he, he, he carries himself really well. He's got really high end leadership qualities. He was on one of the most stacked teams in recent years mm-hmm. in the Western league and was the captain. I of was going to say, not just on the team. He captain was, of he the, was team. the captain yeah. of that Seattle team that went to the Memorial cup final. I just, I, I wonder about that in the next couple of years, just, because of all the intangible things that he brings, he plays with good pace. 
He plays a hard-nosed brand of hockey. I just, I wonder a little bit about him. Yeah, you know, I'm sure people are sick of hearing me say this, but something I always point out is you have to grow, you have to grow your own at, at all sort of spots on the depth chart. And if Lucas Siona makes it to the NHL, he's going to be a bottom six forward. 100%. He's, he's going to be one of your thumpers. He's going to be a, a guy that you can count on to be relentless on the four check, to turn pucks over, to have a little bit of finish around the net. But, you know, we're not talking about a guy who's going to be on an NHL power play. At least that's not how the Flames are projecting him. And, and yet I think it's so important to draft and develop guys that can fill those different spots. I, I know, you know, I know, Jeremy Poirier, the the future power play quarterback, like that, that's something you need. You you need a power play quarterback, but you need a sixth defenseman too, right? Yep. Matt Coronado, like when you when you're drafting in the first round, you're trying to get that first line sniper. And, and Matt Coronado might be that. But when you're drafting in the sixth, if you can find a future fourth liner like Lucas Siona is trending towards, I think you've done a really nice bit of scouting. And I just don't think you can put enough value on the experience he had and the way he was looked to on that team. And I'll even go back to the spring before when the Seattle Thunderbirds weren't expected to be a juggernaut and went to the WHL final. He was a guy who who sort of came out of nowhere to be a bigger contributor for that team in the playoffs. And, and I think that part of it's really crucial too. So terrific young man. You and I were talking off air about what a terrific interview he is, what a what a fantastic quote he is. I don't think there's NHL games in his very short term future, but he's got a lot of tools. And, and and as you said, he has the physique. Like he he is built like a power yep. forward already. Let's hear from uh, Lucas Siona. Was down at Windsport a little earlier on this Friday. Sat down with him. Exact same spot we were at on Thursday. Just a little cafeteria chat with grilled uh, Lucas Siona. No grilled cheese. No. Just a, just good conversation. That's uh, almost as good. Li- listen in. Uh, it's a, he's he's a very very thoughtful and and pretty mature young man. Here's our chat with Lucas Siona from a little earlier on Friday. Tell me about this camp so far for you and being with uh, everyone once again. I know you've been to these before, but uh, what's it been uh, this time around? How's it been like this time around? Yeah, this year's been fun. I mean, my second time here, kind of like uh, I think it's my fifth camp here or something like that. So, I mean, it's been pretty cool. I mean, I'm one of the older guys this year, and it's it's fun. I mean, it's a lot of work, and I'm really enjoying it this year. It's a lot of fun and, you know, getting to work on my skill set and, you know, getting in the gym with uh, – all the Flames uh, staff here has been yeah. awesome. What's what's working with Danielle like? She's uh, she's unreal. She's awesome, isn't she? Unreal, yeah. She's she's firing on all cylinders all the time. So I mean, working with her is so, so much fun. It's I mean, every day you come and you're doing something new or the same, and it's just it's fun stuff. I mean, you know, I wouldn't say skating's the most fun thing to work on all the time, but yeah. with Danielle, she makes it a good time. She makes it you know fun for all of us and it's a it's a nice time it's uh joking around at some points but at the same time it's strictly work at the same time so you're you're 20 about uh, january's your birthday right yeah. so so about halfway through being 20 and you're one of the older guys here what's the, what's that feel like because you're I still know. you're still quite young i'm still young but i mean it seems like it's a young camp and i mean you know i kind of had some experience this year just from being one of the older guys and being you know the captain of my team this year so i mean I kind of like to hold myself to that, so I, I mean, I may may not be the oldest guy or whatever here, but I mean, yep, it's it's just uh, all part of kind of that character. I try to 
try to emulate. How how important is that leadership side of your game, even even at a camp like this, knowing that you have been on long playoff runs and just being able to bring that to some of the younger guys here? I think it's I think it's good. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm you know captain serious here or anything like that, but you know, it's I don't know, kind of kind of helping some of the younger guys, you know, if they need it sometimes, and kind of just uh, you know being at the right place at the right times, you know, kind of staying on schedule and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's huge. And, I mean, I've always kind of had that uh, characteristics about me. So, I mean, I just like to continue it and kind of bring it to everywhere I go. How uh, how do you look back on this past season and everything you were able to, to learn and gain from this year in Seattle? It was huge. I mean, this year was it was, it was so much fun, and, I mean, you know, you learn a lot throughout the year. I mean, a lot of changes happened throughout the year. I was, you know, I'm fortunate enough. I played four years in Seattle, so I've been started from training camp all the way to the end with them. So, I mean, it was huge. I mean, you know, you bring in so many new characters, and you're trying to help those guys get into the care, get into the um, culture of yeah. your room, and you know, you're, you know, getting that in. So, I mean, it was huge. I learned a lot from all the new players. I mean, we had so many amazing players. You know, you, we had six five six first rounders and you know 16 draft picks so i mean so much talent and so much skill there that like you know you got a guy like dylan gunther who comes in played 33 games in the nhl this year two world juniors you know you could go on and on about him and such a good guy and he comes in and just he, he brought the room together more and you know he helped like teach guys some stuff that nobody else knew so i mean it was all learning i was learning a bunch at the same time as i was trying to help the other guys you know it was awesome so what's it mean you you, you mentioned all that what did it mean to be the captain of that group then it was pretty special i mean it was an absolute privilege to be named captain there i mean you know to have that honor to wear the sea for such a outstanding team like one of the best there ever was yep ton you of know, history ton of history i mean it, it was such a special feeling and for them to give me that privilege was amazing and then you know it was just it was it was awesome you go all the way to the memorial cup you represent the western league in this year's memorial cup and you get just as you, you get as close as humanly possible to winning it all which I, I know doesn't end the way that you wanted but how do you look back on on that experience? A long playoff run through the Western League, and then and then going to Kamloops for the Memorial Cup. Just what 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 does that mean to you? And and how do you reflect on it now? Yeah, something I'm kind of been saying is like, you know, people talk about how hard it is to truly win and get all the way there and whatnot. And I don't think anybody really appreciates how hard it really is. You kind of go into those playoffs, and you know, it's it was two and a half months of straight discipline and you're on the grind, you're traveling every other day. It feels like, you know, you're in hotel at the hotel, you're staying at the hotel. So it, it's a lot tougher than I think any of us could have really imagined. I mean, we had a couple of guys who already won it and we made it far before, but mm -hmm. this year was just like, you really learn how hard it, how hard it is and what it takes to get a championship done. And that's a really valuable lesson. I think for every guy on our team this year was just, learn how hard it is to win because at the end of the day the goal is to win that's what you want to do you know if i'm here i want to win uh, a stanley cup so i mean it, it's just learning those points lucas yona is with us calgary flames prospect joining us here at development camp so weird kind of a, a weird summer because transition coming and and most likely making the jump to the american league for next year does it does it feel a little bit different this summer for you as opposed to others 
Uh, I'd say maybe a little bit. I mean, last summer short, just like this year, and it was just, you know, getting into training kind of right away almost, having a week or two off and then getting right back into it. So, I mean, this year's kind of same. I wouldn't say it's too different. I mean, I have my goals set. I want to be here next year, and I, I want to push to make it. So, I mean, uh, I wouldn't say it's a weird summer. It's just, you know, another summer of being dedicated and staying disciplined for the entire summer so I can, you know, make another team. You mentioned you've got your goal set, so you want to be playing in Calgary next year. You don't want to go back for that overage season. Like, you, you, want, to be, you want to be with the Wranglers or the Flames. 100%. How, how important is that mindset for you to, to kind of have a goal and stay locked in on that goal? Yeah, I think I, I set that goal pretty quickly. I mean, I got drafted here, and I knew, like, you know, after two years here in the WHL, I want to move on, and I want to start – I want to go into pro, and I want to start going there, and I want to make my way to the NHL. So, I mean, I think it's pretty key. I think to achieve things, you need to have goals, and you need to, you know, look at where you are and realize, okay, I want to be here. What do I have to do to get here? So, for me, goal setting has been huge, and, I mean, I got quite a few goals this summer just in my training and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, you know, for me, it's ending up at the end goal. Not not even the end goal. Another goal is to make it here. So it's uh, goal setting has been huge. How, how do you think, or what are the areas of your game that you think will translate really well to the next level and translate really well to pro? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big body guy. I mean, it, that's helpful anywhere I go so moving to pro where the guys are even bigger and faster it's it's uh huge for me so me being big already I I want to continue to try to be not try to be fast Mm -hmm. I you know I already have some speed to my game but like this summer I'm focusing on getting even quicker getting that agility even stronger you know cutting down a couple pounds so I can just have a little more mobility in me so I mean uh I think you know, my size is going to translate really well, and I think the game pretty well, too. I, you know, I'm, I don't play a fancy, fancy game. I'm pretty mean potatoes. I go to the nets. I, you know, get pucks in, and I do the, the little things right. You know, I'm hitting guys. I'm getting in the net, and that's a, that's a big part of a team. So, I mean, you know, doing those things uh, can separate me from others. So, you, it's huge. You see you see even this most recent draft class for the Flames, and, and Calgary put a – Craig Conroy put a, a real emphasis on, on getting some guys with size yeah. and who can move. So, you see that, and you know that he's the GM. Now that, that has to feel pretty cool, too, knowing that you kind of fit all those things. Yeah, exactly. And I, I already knew I, you know, kind of fit into that. And, I mean, you've seen who's come through here in the, you know, last – five ten years and it's everybody's pretty big guys here and i mean that's what they look for and i mean that's part of hockey you know big physical games so i mean uh it's definitely a good feeling for that you you hear when when craig takes over as general manager one of the first things he says is he wants to get younger he wants to have more youth in the lineup for for a guy who's looking to make that jump and and whose eyes are set on pro how much does that energize you how much do you like hearing something like that it's exciting i mean Really excited. I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that. I mean, you know, the goal is to make it. So, you know, if they're looking to make the lineup a little younger and, you know, build off that, I mean, it's huge for me. Think you're, uh, like you think, just in terms of where your game is, ready to rock and and pros where you need to be next year? Yes, I do. Yeah, I think uh, pro will suit me well, and I'm very excited, and I'm just pushing to get there and hope and, you know, start to perform there. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate the time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's Lucas Siona, Flames prospect. Go back to the 2021, uh, sorry, t- 2021 uh, NHL draft. That's right. Um, really, really 
just insightful and dialed in young man. Sixth round pick back in 2021. And you just, every time you came, come away and you talk to people in the organization, like guys are grown up and, and he carries himself like a grown up. He carries himself like a, an adult already. He's insightful. He's very thoughtful. Um, he takes the, it's a job like this. He takes everything very seriously. And he's, as you said, he's, he's not captain serious, but he does take things very seriously. It just, it all translates in the way that he carries himself. And I, I, I do think that this is one of those players. I think he's got a similar trajectory as a guy like Walker Dewar or something like that. Sure. I, I think he's, I think he's got a real shot to play and maybe it isn't this year, but I, I'd be shocked if he's not in the American league this year, playing with the Wranglers and, and playing a pretty regular role on that Wranglers team. Yeah. I don't think there's anything left to necessarily chase for him at the WHL level, the way that the Thunderbirds loaded up there. They're not going to be a stacked team next year. And, for the reasons that he spells out, you know, that meat and potatoes game he talks about, and I love that reference, just the the big body he is. You know, it's time for him to to play pro hockey and see where it goes. I just want to share one thing, because I chatted yeah. with Lucas yesterday, and, and a point that he when made to there. me, <laughs> a point that he made to me that I, I thought was really insightful was he talked about those 16 draft picks that the Thunderbirds have, and he says because of that, he feels like that organization, those practices were as close to pro hockey as you can get without being in pro hockey. And he thinks that's going to give him a real leg up on his first season as a pro is the fact that he's been surrounded by first round picks. By He's been surrounded by a bunch of really highly touted prospects. Mm-hmm. He's been keeping up with those guys. He's been leading those guys in practice. And, and I am curious to see how that translates in the fall. Really enjoyed that chat with uh, Lucas Siona down at development camp a little bit on Friday. Should see him with the Wranglers this coming season as we're underway this hour on Flames Talk with Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon? They install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. Flamestock is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. So it's always good to catch up with Martin Gelina, former Flame, former Flames coach, now in Flames player development. And uh, he sat down with me earlier at development camp on Friday. You know, really wanted to get into the addition of Michael Stone to development. Really wanted to get into Craig Conroy as GM and Jerome Ginla joining the organization. We get to all of that. But honestly, the, the most interesting part of this conversation was when Marty goes in-depth into what happened. Like what, we all talk about player development, how important player development is. What the hell does that mean? And what are they? what is Ray Edwards and his staff with Rebecca Johnston and Marty Jelena and Darren Romerdahl and now Michael Stone? Like what are they doing? And even... Danielle Fujita and Rick Davis and his strength team. Like, what are they doing in season once these guys aren't with the Flames and once they're playing elsewhere? 
How how does it go about it? I thought it's a really uh, fun conversation. It's always good to catch up with Marty Jelena of Flames Player Development. Chatted with him Friday at Windsport. Marty, tell me about this year's camp. Uh, you've got you've got a new group here. You've got a lot of uh, new faces that you're evaluating, but a lot of familiar names here as well. You're two days in the books. You got a scrimmage still to go. A little three on three on Saturday. What's uh, what's this week been like from your perspective? It's been actually really good. Uh, obviously, it's nice to see our own prospects and, and the guy that we drafted, Lipinski and, and Samuel, and our first round pick Hanzik and. and to kind of see them on the ice and how they develop and how they, you know, we, we had sim- simple drills, but, uh, I mean, you and I, we, we just talk about it. I mean, you could see Samuel's got a, an elite shot and yep. so on. You only see that by, by really spending time with them and and, uh, and uh, really assessing where, where they're at. But overall, it's been really good. I look at the camp. Uh, there have been long days. Like, for example, today, uh, I think first bus is at 6.30. They get here at 7. Uh, they have a dynamic warm-up. Uh, we have a meeting. We talk about the drills, what we're going to do. Um, they go on the ice. They execute. And then because it's a small group, uh, only 15, 16 skaters, they're getting a lot of reps. So after an hour, an hour and 15 minutes on the ice, uh, they're they're spent and, and uh, been a lot of touches and, and you you keep talking about prospects and how they get better. Uh, it's like anything in life. More than you do it, better you're gonna get. And, and uh, they're getting a lot of touches right now. So uh, it's been a good camp so far, uh, and tomorrow will be fun too. When you uh, when you have as as many players here in one spot that you're trying to, you, you've got the on ice that you work on, but. Tell us about some of the off-ice stuff that goes into this and in, in kind of getting some of these players to learn about the Flames organization and the way that the, the group goes about their business. It's all important, and we got, we got a great great staff uh, off-ice and and, uh, and uh, God, uh, Gord uh, Farnell and, and Ricky Davis, is, they run the show there, and they do a really good job. They're very diligent about what they do. And, and then for us, it's more about uh, them learning what it takes um, when they go back to their junior team or college mm-hmm. on just keep applying what we're doing here. You know what? It's just about repetition, and but you got to repeat the right uh, movement. you got to repeat the right exercise, and we've got a, one of the best staff here that's doing that. And then and also we had our fitness test the first day, so now we can assess, okay, this guy needs a little more uh, leg power or this guy needs upper body or this guy needs more cardio. So, so all of that combined, uh, they're going to go home with a, a good plan after this, and, and uh, they'll do a good job. And a, a lot of these guys you'll bring back for Penticton and the Young Stars Classic, right? And you'll get an opportunity to assess even where, they, where they've come since being here a couple months later, seeing where they are then. That's even a real good opportunity to see the, the strides that have been made. 100%. You know what? You, you, you look at, at where they're at right now, and then some of them will take that home they'll work even harder and mm-hmm. they'll come back and they'll say and and as a staff you'll say this guy's really applying himself and he's doing the right thing so for example you look at a kid like Parker Bell last year uh, to this year gained 12 pounds his body fat went down so he's he's putting the time he's he's making stride and as a coaching staff and management like you see that big frame 6'4 now he's almost 207 so he's, he's growing and he's still fast on the ice so all those things are important but it'll be important for those kids that are here to apply it and then come back and Penticton is showtime and so on 
do you do a lot of evaluating on the ice at, at a camp like this? Like, are you watching guys and, and checking things off? Is, is that a big part of this, or, or is that maybe more in September when they're back for that Young Stars Classic and they get into that game action? You know, you know I think you're assessing, you're trying to correct it and help them. Uh, you know, I think what we've been working on the last two days, uh, small station, when you have uh, Joe Shirelli and you have uh, Don Knockbar, they're coaches in the American Hockey League, they know exactly what, what it takes at the next level. So when we see something that is not right, we say, hey, you could do this better. And, and they'll take that home if they work at it this summer. But it's important to correct it right now and help them. So when they get back, um, you know what, they're a step, they're a step ahead. We're chatting with Marty Jelena in Flames Development here at Development Camp at Winsport. I, I want to ask about the development group that you have and, and the, the team that you work with. First of all, getting Michael Stone as part That's of the group. Awesome. How, how cool is that? It's so, it's so good. You know, it's refreshing. So, um, you know, they talk about it uh, a couple months ago. And, like, you know, what, if I'm, I'm Stoney, like, you're still young. You probably want to play. But, you know, he, 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 uh, he's got his priority. And, and uh, you know what, he's... Uh, he knows that he, he probably could, but his family's first and wants to do this and he wants to spend more, more time with his kids, so I give him uh, a lot of credit. But what he brings to the table is incredible. I mean, y there's a guy that, that is current, that just played a game, that is willing to give back to that next generation. And, and if I'm a, a Jay Boltman at Notre Dame, yeah. uh, I'm like, if I'm uh, Emil Poirier in, in the American Hockey League and, and so on, and you get Michael Stone that just finished playing, that is just there to help them to get to the next level, I'm, 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 I'm all in. Well, and he's, he's got that, like he's had a lot of things that he's dealt with off the ice. You know, he had that blood clot he dealt with. He his, Last season he played, his, I talked to him earlier this week, he's like, I didn't even play a dozen games the season before this last one. I had to, you know, mentally that was a grind. Like just some of the stuff that he's gone through, I would imagine would be really, whether they're D-men, forwards, whatever, that'd be really important to have that perspective as part of the group. Any, any, anyone that played the game a long time that could say, hey, I've been there. I've done that, and, and you know what, you just got to work through it or keep it up and so on. Uh, that goes a long ways, especially a guy that just left the game and, and uh, he's, got, he's got so much uh, uh, skill to share with our young prospects. Rebecca gets brought in last year. You've got Ray and you. You had Michael. Like it's just a uh, the the strength team and what Danielle does. Like it's the the development group has come a long way over the last number of years, hasn't it? Isn't it crazy? Like uh, I remember uh, I was telling I can't remember if I was telling Mike Burke yesterday that in Nashville when I did player development it just kind of started, and uh, it was you and then you had you had the staff of the minors, uh, but we're not the only one. I, you know. You know, are 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 really how do you gonna make your NHL team better? You gotta develop. You gotta you gotta grow your own player, and you gotta make sure that uh, in three four years from now, uh, they're knocking on the door and they're they're pretty close. So so we got a good staff. Ray Edwards is uh, he runs the show. He does a really good job. Uh, uh, and then and then everybody else is chipping in. Rebecca's been a great addition. She's really good. She's positive. Uh, with Michael Stone now, we got Darren Rommel that that does skill also. Yep. So we got a 
we got a good good staff on ice um, and then there's lots going on I think we talk about it during the season uh, everybody's watching zoom uh, clips with the players and so on so so it's just not one and done now like like we spend time and then we're happy to spend every day and, and every hour with our prospects but when the season uh, comes alone there's an action plan on staying on top and making them better. Well, I think the last time that I, I saw you was late in the season at the Saddle Dome, and you were just about ready. You, you'd either just come back or were just about ready to go down and chat with Matt Coronado at Harvard before he had made his decision to, to turn pro. Like, they're... Take us into a little bit more as to what goes on during the season and and the way that you're interacting with your different players as the year goes along. Yeah, Ray, uh, like, like for us, we have uh, a pool of, let's say, 12 to 14 uh, prospects. Uh, five of them were mine. So I had uh, Lucas Siona, I had Parker Bell, I had uh, Cade Littler mm-hmm. that I share with Darren, um, and uh, I had Jake Boltman in Notre Dame. And then uh, Cole Jordan, that was in Mujda, hurt his knee, so unfortunately. Uh, so those are my guys, and they're my priorities. So my job is really to go and see six live viewing. Uh, and then that seems like nothing, but, but the reality is... Well, that's uh, 30 live viewings right there like, between five guys. Yeah, so, so, so and, and you got to travel, you got to get there, you got to spend the day before with them and so on. So, so that's our job. So, so let's take one, one prospect. Let's take Lucas Siona. Um, you know, let's say we just drafted him. I'm going to go and spend uh, uh, three or four days in Seattle. I'm going to spend time with Lucas. I'm going to meet the coaches. I'm going to meet the strength uh, and conditioning staff. I'm going to get an understanding of how a season is going to develop, where he's going to train, how he's going to get better. And then uh, if something happens during the season where he gets injured, you got to know the uh, their strength coach and so on. So there's a lot. Ray's dealing with all the little details. But I got my guy. That's mm-hmm. one guy that we take care of. So we go and see them. Uh, six live uh, viewing. We watch a lot of Zoom meetings uh, in, in the course of the season. And my job is really every every week stay in touch with the player and say how's everything going and where we're at and and uh, what's the next step. And then after that, we have a Zoom meeting on Tuesday where everybody in the development team share their insight with the players. So we're always connected and we always know what's going on with. Uh, all the players in our uh, Flames organization. Very neat. That's a that's a cool explanation. I've never actually heard it broken down like that. That's uh, that's yeah. really cool. Uh, Marty Jelen is with us in Flames development. What's it like uh, being on the ice and then seeing GM Conroy sitting with uh, special advisor Jerome Ginla? Like, that's got to be that's got to be pretty neat for you to see a couple of your teammates up in the stands like that, and and uh, they've got their hands all over this team now. No, well, they're got there. You know what? I I I love I love the fact that we give uh, Connie a chance. Uh, you know what? In the past, been here for for a while now, and we always kind of look elsewhere. Uh, but you got a guy that's qualified, guy that's been paying his dues, uh, that he's, 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 he bleeds red, he wants to take that team to the next level, he's knowledgeable, he's smart. Um, so I'm really, really pleased with Connie. He's going to do a great job. And to bring Higgy, I just had coffee with Higgy in Kelowna two weeks ago. Oh, nice. And uh, it was nice to kind of see how he thinks and his philosophy. And, and uh, I think his philosophy and Connie are really uh, in line. And what I like about 
what Jerome's going to bring to the table is Jerome's a little bit removed. He's still in Kelowna. He's still helping. He's really into hockey and really into our team and understanding everything. But being a little removed from the fire sometimes is good. When like there, there's no there's no uh, question that that uh, Connie's going to get some. There will be a pressure pressure points this mm-hmm. this year. I mean, this is the market we're in. But when you have a Jerome McGillan, a guy who's been around, understand the game and say, hey, maybe maybe you just got to do this this way and so on. Or stay the course. I think you're you're doing a good job. So I, I think they'll do a great job. It was nice to see them there. Um, felt a little nervous. I needed to, to kind of get my stride going a little faster on the ice <laughs> when those two guys got all the famer. You got the GM there. So, but no, they're, it's a blessing to have them uh, part uh, in, in, in taking the next step. Well, and, and now you've got a, a coaching staff. Ryan Huska, first-time head coach. Mark Savard joins the staff. Like it's a, it, it just kind of feels, and this isn't even a comment on, on the outgoing group, but just you have that many new faces involved, and Conroy gets the promotion, Jerome comes back. It just There's a, there's a different little buzz around the group right now, if, isn't there? Isn't it? It feels fresh, right? Yeah. Uh, it feels positive. It feels fresh. It feels like, okay, Where's this gonna go? You know, where how far are we gonna take this thing? And I like the fact that that Connie was was straightforward. We're going with young players and, and youth. The game is 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 that way. Uh, from our standpoint, developing, we've got to make sure we develop those guys so they're ready in two three years. But uh, we're gonna go younger, and, and obviously, you look at the draft the draft that in in Nashville drafts some big players. Their skill and so on. So so it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be nice working with all those young guys. Last question for you. You hear Conroy say that in his introductory news conference. For you in a development group, how much does that even uh, kind of motivate you? You hear like, hey, we want to get younger. We want to have younger players in. Kind of even puts a little bit more onus on the development group, as you said, to get those guys ready even maybe a little quicker. 100%. But but to be honest, uh, everybody develop at, at different different speed, yep. at different times. And, and some people develop... Uh, you know, I look at our first-round pick. I, th- I think he'll be just fine. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to assess and I got to spend more time with him. But he's got a frame, he's got a skill set, and I think he might get there sooner or later. But they all need love. They all need uh, attention. They all need uh, uh, for us in the development uh, team to kind of spend time and try to help them to get next level. But uh, some of them will, will take a little longer. There you go. That's Marty Jelena from a little <coughs> excuse me a little earlier on Friday. Always good to catch up with Marty. It's always good to uh, to chat with him, get his perspective. And he was like positively buzzing when he was talking about Michael Stone joining the development group, talking about Craig Conroy now as the GM. Like he was he was humming at that table in the cafeteria at Winsport. Always always good to catch up with Marty. Yeah, he's one of the the best. He he's so insightful, so interesting to chat with, and and some great questions from you there. Some of the the sort of inside baseball on. Okay, well, how how does this work? You know, even hearing him explain, well, these were my five guys, and here here's what that means 
really interesting. Yeah, stuff. I thought it was uh, that was the first time I'd ever had it broken down. Yeah. quite like that before. I think it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty neat. Pretty insightful stuff from Marty Jelena right there. He is uh, the insightful Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg. Wes on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson. Have Ben and Taylor and Cam producing the hour today. And don't forget that coming up on Tuesday, Flames Talk and our entire afternoon program will be up at uh, Brian Burke's Targets for Kids. July 11th will be out in DeWinton. Uh, so it's Tuesday, July 11th for Targets for Kids. This will be the seventh annual event and an event that has raised over $150,000 in its first six years. All of the proceeds once again go into Kidsport, Calgary, and area. We all know what Kidsport does. You can still get a team in and you can still get your group out there to take part in Targets for Kids. It's a great afternoon. You get a great lunch, great after party, and the actual event itself is nothing but fun. All the information at sportsnet.ca slash 960. It's Brian Burke's Targets for Kids on Tuesday, July 11th. We'll be live on location, and you can get all the information right now at sportsnet.ca slash 960.